from Relay FM. This is Download, recorded Thursday, October 11th, 2018. This is episode 75, The Internet of Sharks. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about. I am your host, Jason Snell. I'm joined, as always, by two wonderful, wonderful guests, host of the material and all about Android podcasts and writer for so many places, Tom's Guide, Android Police, many, many more, and a former colleague of mine back in the IDG days. It's Florence Ion. Hi, Flo. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I think we're going to talk about for me. Android <laughs> things. It's, it could be any time for people listening on a podcast. True, 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 true. Which is why I have to try not to use that. Sorry. It's, it's morning somewhere. <laughs> uh, also here, senior editor at Engadget, co-host of the Slash Film podcast, which you should listen to. It's Devendra Hardawar. Hello. Hello. Happy to be here again. Welcome back. Welcome back. Stephen Hackett is also here because he helps put the show together every week. Hello. Hello, Jason. Lots of lots of stuff to talk about. It's all Google this week. Just all the way down the spreadsheet. All, Google's Google's all the way down. It's true. Uh, that's the material slogan, by the way. The Google Google all the way down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's a turtle, and the Google logo's on the turtle, and then there are those turtles go down all the way. Um, okay, let's start with phones uh, and the hardware event that Google held this week in New York City. They announced a whole bunch of new products, but the stars of the show have to be the Pixel Three and Pixel Three XL smartphones. It's the same basic design as last year, but the back is all glass, so there's wireless charging support around the front the pixel 3 xl comes complete with a notch because everybody's got a notch and a screen that extends upward but still has a chin below the screen which is kind of interesting to house its front facing speaker both phones are larger than last year 5.5 and 6.3 inches there are now two front facing cameras so that you can take wide angle selfies which they call groupies which is already a thing that is something totally different anyway uh out back 12.2 megapixel camera pixel is widely regarded as having already the best camera on a smartphone with a ver- with Pixel 2. Pixel 3, Google's trying to continue keeping that title. They've got a lot of clever software stuff. They've got improvements to low-light capture. Uh, they are also more expensive. The 3 starts at $799, and the XL is $100 more than that. Uh, so... Pixel, already a well-thought-of product with a Pixel 2. Pixel 3 is here now. I'm, uh, I am I want to hear from, from people who know what they think of this. So, uh, Flo, let's start with you. What, do you. what are your first impressions of what Google did with the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3 XL? You mean from people who just dropped like nearly a grand on a bunch of new stuff? <laughs> that would make you know, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I... Well... I bring that up because in the beginning of my career, I covered Apple and I used to cover the Apple lines uh, in downtown SF. And I, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't really as excited as maybe the people were in line for the phone. And now I'm one of those people who drops a ton of money like every year on a Pixel phone because I just feel really, I just feel so seen by Google and even like all of, all of the spec enhancements that they added. I mean, it's just like making everything better. That was already what I really liked about the Pixel devices. And not to mention that not pink color is, is really pretty. Uh, it's just, I know that for some people, the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL just seems like a really iterative, you know, the equivalent of an Apple iPhone S or what was in the, in the past. But for me, like a person who's been using Android for a long time and who's just kind of has always wanted to indulge in this sort of like 
consumerism. <laughs> I, you know, I feel very satiated. You know, I, it, it's, it's, they're tough ones to talk about, right? Because it's hard to get excited because not much has changed. Uh, on a geeky level, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm interested. My wife is very much all aboard Android and I just tend to stick with iOS because I prefer like the stability and the, the app ecosystem there. So we have this like, you know, bifurcated ecosystem marriage. Uh, <laughs> and I think the Pixel 3 is the perfect phone for her too because it's relatively small. We're seeing fewer of those these days. And, uh, you know, we're expecting a baby soon and I want her to have a very good camera. So I, I think, like in that respect, it's a good upgrade. But I'm I'm surprised that Google's still not like uh, exploring the multiple camera thing. Um, I guess they're still relying entirely on software here. And I mean, yeah, it works. It works. <laughs> it works. It looks good, but. I don't know. I don't know. I, I tend to prefer the portrait looks from the multi-camera phones, but I haven't played with these, so I don't have a direct sense of how uh, how well they do. Uh, it's more about the size, and that not quite pink thing is very pretty. So I think I'm going to be getting that one. Thank you for mentioning that, Devendra, because the size thing is a, was always a big thing for me. Yeah, yeah, all the phones that are made in the Android sphere are actually quite big. You can't really find anything smaller than a five-inch screen, which maybe is a good thing in this day and age. Sure. Um, I'm I'm excited about the fact that there is a slightly larger screen shoved into that smaller body. That's the thing that I was really hoping for in terms of updates. So I'm happy yeah. to see that. Glory to uh, you know edgeless display basically, although that's not quite where we're getting with the Pixel 3. Mm-mm. I am a little di- disappointed that we did, Google didn't kind of go all the way. I guess they're putting most of their design efforts on the larger one, and that's what the market really wants. Uh, I've never been a fan of big phones, but everybody seems to like them, so, you know, I, I guess I can't say they're bad. It's just not quite for me. Uh, the iPhone ten was, like, the perfect balance, I think, for me, of, like, screen size and phone size. But even then, like, I miss, uh, like, the iPhone 5, was just so nice Mm -hmm. and thin and like it was maybe a little too tall but it just fit your hand so well i feel like that and like maybe the first htc one uh Mm. the one s from like several years ago man like nice thin really phones you could hold in your hand easily i really miss those yeah, I wonder sometimes if my hand is like if the bones in my hand are spreading or something because of the iPhone 10, like a, like like wearing braces. Is it, is it slowly just shoving my palms a We're little evolving. bit further apart? Exactly. We're going to evolve. Future humans will have giant hands just for uh, just for her, the peripherals. Yeah, that's right. We, the phones will evolve us. Um, so the because they will it will they will confer an evolutionary advantage to using the larger mm-hmm. phone, and therefore anyway, um, uh, a bunch of questions here. Uh, the Pixel XL. So I, I have noticed some uh, pushback in some quarters of the internet to the design of the 3XL. It's mm-hmm. got uh, it's got a chin on the bottom, as I mentioned, and it's got a large knot on the top and google says that this is in part because they've got the two selfie cameras in part it's because they want to have the speakers facing front instead of doing what apple does which is fire them out of the out of the uh the side on the bottom and uh i'm just curious what your take on the uh on the design of the of the 3xl is because i know i know some people think it's not so it's not so pretty on the on the front yeah uh, has Google ever been about pretty hardware? I can't think of a Google device. It's not a hardware company. But, yeah, but isn't not. Pixel line? I mean, isn't this the whole point? Is that these are the ni- this is the nice hardware? If you want right. an Android well, and you want the, the really nice, nice hardware that is expensive. This is the hardware. This is the hardware mm-hmm. that you buy for the Google product, yeah. and the Google this product is-, is online. The Google product <laughs> is the assistant, and I. 
I really don't. That's the other thing that I, I think um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Google is maybe not talking so much about this. It's trying so hard to say, oh, look at these beautiful like designed hardware. But it needs to just say we really aren't a hardware company. Yes, we have Rick <laughs> Osterlo from Motorola. And yes, he knows hardware. I definitely trust it all in with his leadership. But ultimately, every piece of hardware we're going to discuss in the next in the rest of this podcast has to do with pushing forth Google's vision of being like the overhanging cloud on your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is really what it's all about. That's why. Yeah, the phones look nice, but they're relatively simple in comparison. Yeah. I mean, you go back to the first Pixel and the first Pixel XL, right? Those were pretty boring phones. I actually yeah. really like the way the first XL felt uh, for a big screen phone. It was pretty comfortable. Uh, I think about their hardware sort of like, uh, especially their phones, they're like the ThinkPad of the Android universe, right? Like really <laughs> robust, all about productivity. Uh, maybe not the most stylish things around compared to everything else out there. Interesting comparison to the ThinkPad. Um, I wanted to ask about the cameras because this is an interesting thing where part of the arms race between Apple and Google especially is about uh, getting that good camera and doing a lot of processing of images and clever things with the hardware. And Apple made a big deal about that at their event last month. And uh, talking to somebody who was at the event, uh, you know, who was very impressed with the fact that they're, uh, the way the Pixel 3 is capturing images, it will actually not only capture a uh, a stack of stills at full quality when you take one picture it does mm-hmm. machine lang- or machine uh, analysis machine intelligence analysis of those images and will if it thinks one of the ones that you're not seeing is a better capture it will prompt you it doesn't do it every time but it will prompt you and you can actually page through all of them and pick the one that you want so it's like taking a stack of images but only floating the good one up like one where people aren't looking away or have their right. eyes closed or whatever and you know, I think that's oh, and it'll do video and let you take a video still if the video still caught a magic moment, even though it's a little <laughs> bit lower quality. And it's not like Apple doesn't have that feature, but what is what Apple is not doing is analyzing the stack and saying, "I think I've got a better picture." And and I, I don't know, I think that's interesting that they, that you see some philosophy decisions here too where google wants to alert you whereas i feel like if apple was doing this and apple is doing this to a certain degree they just don't they just pick right yeah they just pick no control it's sort of like apple's uh throttling thing where like i'm just gonna do it not gonna make you aware and then everybody gets pissed off about it you know so it's it's the mentality difference Uh, like you were mentioning flow it is really um google's image processing that's uh, that's important here and shows what they can do uh, yeah, they have AI skills that nobody else does right now. Yeah. yeah. I just want to mention that feature again, another example of the assistant. And, you know, I, I really feel like with all this hardware, Google's just saying, you know, you, you relied on us all those years for search. I know that most of you journalists out there use Google for absolutely everything. So now we're going to have you completely rely on our phones to help you even pick out the best photo of your child. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the assistant is supposed to do. It's supposed to assist you. 
so if if Google if it's all about the services and they just want to have a nice uh, sort of definitive Google thing to put it in, what about the price? What about that these are like? I'm just mm. trying to say what are, what is Google trying to do here? I ask this every time Google makes a piece of hardware, especially a phone. Yeah. I've been asking it since the first Google branded phone, the first Nexus, right? Like, okay, they're they're selling hardware, but it and, and, but they've got one carrier, or you can buy it unlocked from their store. It's seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine for the XL. What what are they doing here? Do they want the pixel to be popular but not too popular? Do they? Right. What do they? What do you think? What are, what what's the plan here? Yeah, on a certain level, right? They don't they don't want these phones to be popular. I think that's the ultimate um, over uh, overriding force, right? For the people who want these specs, uh, the nerds like us who appreciate good hardware, maybe and like the pure Google experience, sure. Um, if they had priced these things lower, if they had made it available, you know, initially at carriers outside of Verizon, uh, it would be a lot more popular. And then they'd get into the problem of like, um, yeah, the, all the partners, all the Android partners will probably get a little worried that Google's making a phone better than they are. So they have to strike this weird balance of making decent hardware and showing what's capable with Android, but maybe not doing better than everybody else. I can't, I'm trying to rack my brain about this like pricing structure. I, Mm -hmm. I just, for one, I have to say it was a bummer having to pay more money this year than last year. Um, last year, the pixel two was a lot. I mean, it was like $50 or $150 less. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like that was a pretty comfortable price for me to pay. Like I would be willing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that I, I could do this, but I, I'd be willing to upgrade annually um, and, and do the training right. that way. Uh, but as far as like pricing structure, the only thing I can think of is that it wants to be priced against like the Samsungs and the Apples. That's the only reason I could see that. Um, because, I mean, is the hardware inside worth that much money? <laughs> I'm an honest question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it's comparable. I'm just looking at the specs, um, at the actual chips and everything. I mean, it's it's using the same chips as uh, as the Note Nine and as the OnePlus Six, like as all the comparable high end Android devices. I'm sure their camera tech is is on a certain level too. Like, there's a lot of things we don't know. And I think if Google really, they're they're a big enough company, right? If they wanted these things to be, you know, flying out the door, it wouldn't be tough for them to go a hundred or two hundred less. And I really think that they should maybe talk a little bit more about the design story with the hardware in relation mm-hmm. to the software, because I I feel like as as simplistic as these devices look, when you look at the the way the interface looks now, the way Material 2 looks, it's it's really quite nice. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering if if that's what's supposed to be inspiring us to pay all this mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. That sort of full package. Yeah, and they, yeah. they also want to... I feel like Microsoft is doing this with Surface, too. They want mm-hmm. to show off what their platform can be. Mm-hmm. And that means you make a premium product. It also means that you're not undercutting all of your uh, partners who are making hardware at lower price points. But you are saying, like, here's our stock Android and a really nice phone package. And we you know, we don't care that it costs more because it's really um, idealized in a way. And it, and it is yeah. meant to be a, a flagship in that way. I will also say that, you know, whenever I talk to one of the people I know who are mostly Apple nerds, they, they say, and I agree with this, that 
um, that this is the you know this is the phone that they're attracted to on the Android side because again it's the in the same ballpark as what Apple does. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very very much so. <laughs> That's definitely where I see. You know, I carry an iPhone, but I. I've got, I think, Jason, you and I think we have the same phone. We have the Nexus 5X as sort of our Android phone because I need to stay up with it and I want to see mm-hmm. what's going on. So I view this from, from the outside perspective, and it seems to me like the Pixel 3 is like the obvious enthusiast phone. Like if you really want Android and sort of like Google's take on it, and you get the bonus of having a really good camera, it makes a ton of sense. And these phones are expensive, but compared to an iPhone or, you know, a, a Galaxy phone, like they're not crazy. You know, it's, it's not, yes, I'd, I'd love to see it $200 less, <laughs> but you know, they could be charging $200 more too, if they really want to play ball with Apple. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is, is, am I reading that right? This is sort of an enthusiast device for people who really want to have uh, the best experience possible on Android, and they don't care about sort of the, the extra stuff that Samsung brings to the table. I, I think it, I think it's a little bit of both. It's like it's hitting after the enthusiasts. But like last night, I was you know I was on public transit, and I actually saw a lot of people using Pixels. Uh, Pixel 2s. And I was really quite pleased. I kind of feel like because, you know, they are going with a major carrier like Verizon and they they are selling these through Project Fi as well, that it's um, it's to try and bring the assistant more into the mainstream. But ultimately, it is the enthusiasts that are going to drop all that money. I mean, I did. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say I I had the Nexus 5X and then um, and then it doesn't run Android Pie. So I bought a Pixel. That's Right. I mean, that's, that's, again, I think this is a common hardware. Yeah, exactly. We saw what the Nexus line did for Google too, right? Just working with partners to creating like, just like, here's a flagship. Can you do something like this? Everybody else. And I think because of those phones and because of these, we started to see Android phones get better and better. And now everyone's like competing, maybe not in the smartest ways. Uh, What was the, how many cameras did the other Samsung that they just announced shove in? Like four? Four, yeah. Uh, 37. Four blades. They're doing four blades now. They're doing four blades. Screw it. Um, (laughs) Things are getting crazy, but at least like there's this baseline level of quality that either you meet if you want to be considered as a premium product or maybe you undercut or, you know, deliver more value while delivering most of the, you know, essential features here. Um, so like that's one plus to me, one plus fits the enthusiast model more because yeah. they tend to be cheaper. Uh, they tend to have some crazy hardware too. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know their phone, their camera tech is getting better and better, but when you combine that with like the Google, you know, uh, camera app too, like, uh, you get the best of both worlds there. It's I I will say though it's it's nothing in comparison to that pixel <laughs> processing. I'm I mean that I I mean that sincerely just based off mm-hmm. of like all the years of testing all the phones. Like even even the Galaxy devices just do not make me yeah. as happy as the final pixel result. Yeah. But they feel so much better. Like that's the thing. Like Samsung, I think, is building better hardware because yeah, they really they're getting those bezels down, way down, and they still you know, get the front camera up there without a notch. Like it's Samsung's doing great work on the hardware. I just wish they would like modernize and be better with software. I, are they still doing the pure uh, Google phones too with their no, hardware? No, no, oh, man. <laughs> those that was I don't nice. think those sell. Well, yeah. they were nice, but they didn't have all the software tricks that you needed right. to get right. the Samsung performance. 
yeah the um mm-hmm. uh, that flagship phone idea i do think that the the way you exert pressure as google on samsung is by making a phone that you say oh, yeah. this is what we think uh, android phones should look like mm-hmm. and if nothing else Every review of a Samsung product that comes out after that that says, yeah, but it doesn't do this as well as the Pixel, there's somebody at Samsung who's like, oh, you know, we got to, you know, they're like, oh, I'm offended by that. Like, that's how you do it is you you set an example and, you know, it will reflect badly on others if they can't match up. And and I do think it has some effect Mm -hmm. on Samsung. If you look at the ecosystems between Samsung and Google and what's going on right now, like they're going to be in direct competition this holiday, every every consumer season, because Samsung's got its own ecosystem now, and yeah. Google has its own ecosystem, and this is this is I feel like this is Google's uh, this is Google officially saying the last three years it's been saying we are tired of the rest of you profiting off of us, and we are going to go <laughs> ahead and create our own ecosystem because the rest of you haven't really done it the way that we would like because right, all that right, fragmentation right. and everything that was going on, uh, and like Samsung's Bixby is not it is not a major player the way that the no. Google Assistant is. It's a joke. Honestly, like if you want to be serious about Bixby, nothing about Bixby works well. Uh, it always has trouble recognizing like what I'm trying to say and it just doesn't do much. So it's kind of it's kind of pointless. I and mean, Samsung's following a lot of things too. Like they're still trying to do the Dex uh, you know, turn your phone to a desktop thing, although that's getting better now. I I've always thought that idea was super dumb, but at least now you can like plug an HDMI cord into your phone. And Wait get until something. we get to the Pixel Slate, uh, yeah. and we'll talk about oh, that boy. too. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's and, and yeah. we will talk about the Pixel Slate. I want to take our ad break now, and then we'll be back with much more about Google stuff. But first, let me uh, very quickly tell you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. You should make your next move with Squarespace. You can create a website for whatever your next idea is. Could be an online store, could be a portfolio, could be a blog to get your thoughts out there on the internet in a place that you control. You can get your unique domain. You can use their award-winning template so you don't have to be a web designer to have a beautiful website. It's an all-in-one platform that lets you get your stuff out there on the internet. You don't have to worry about the server it's running on or if there's a security patch or anything like that. You just use Squarespace. They take care of the rest. Uh, They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you do run into a roadblock, you can get help. Even if it's 3 in the morning and you're, you know, wiping your eyes and being like, oh, God, I got to finish this, there's somebody there to help you. You can quickly and easily grab a unique domain name that you can use all those award-winning, beautiful templates. Uh, You can pay $12 a month. What? Just $12 a month. That's where plans start on Squarespace. And you can try it out without paying anything. No credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com slash download FM. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code download FM to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this podcast. That's squarespace.com slash download FM and use the code download FM to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace, for supporting download. Squarespace, make your next move make your next website okay the pixel slate as previously mentioned this is an intel powered chrome os tablet it's 12 inches it can be used in conjunction with a 200 keyboard cover it starts at 599 it can be built up to about 1600 or so complete with an i7 gp or cpu and 256 gigs of ssd the approach in introducing this is interesting the company uh google took shots at tablets that were born uh from being bigger smartphones so like like hey <laughs> Apple, 
uh, they didn't mention by name, but it was very clear. They're yeah. like, oh, it's just a big phone. And then the, sur- hey, Surface, you're just a PC that's pro- posing as a tablet. But And I, I, I was watching this thinking, yeah, hey, Google, you, you, you're a web browser. I, mean, we can, I could do this all day. Yeah, Come on, yeah. man. Stay what are you doing? So, so, uh, so I, I'm interested in your thoughts about the Pixel Slate. I'll just put in that keyboard has round keys on it. Oh, I did, was it designed by somebody who used an Underwood typewriter? Uh, I'm confused by that, but, uh, t- uh, but give me the download, uh, cause that's the name of the show on what you think about the Pixel Slate. Flo, why don't we start with you? I think it's, I think it's a really great move for Chrome OS. I think it's a great move for Google to go in that respect. I think it's hilarious. They made fun of phones on tablets because it's exactly what the Pixel C was. It's a, that's exactly what the Nexus 7 was. I mean, do we not remember Honeycomb? Like, that it, it, did it's not also work out. Literally Never what happens if you try to run an Android app on the Pixel Slate, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and so, okay, I am a daily Chromebook user. I pretty much run my entire freelancing business on a Chromebook, and it's worked out for me. But yesterday, I tried hard to to load some Windows 10 apps, um, and it's not easy. And it's just a reminder of the fact that these things, it doesn't matter how much money you ha- you're going to pay on them. As long as the software infrastructure isn't like a hundred percent, you're going to get a very, uh, a, a very half half budded experience. Yeah, it's compromised. <laughs> it's completely compromised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with it as because I'm I'm a and I, I'm a computer person, <laughs> and yeah. I'm okay with it. I have so, I have a ton of computers here to pick from. But does the tablet form factor work for Chrome OS though? Yes, it does. Okay, it does. It does. Uh, I definitely see this as more of an iPad Pro uh, competitor rather than a Surface competitor, just because of uh, the lack of desktop applications. I mean, come on. Yeah, Windows on a Surface is great. Windows mm-hmm. is a full-fledged operating system. Yep. You, yep. you can run Photoshop on it. <laughs> you can't cannot- run Chrome. Book. You cannot. You cannot. You can barely do much. Like I, I have strong feelings about Chromebooks, but I will not. Uh, uh, no offense to you, Flo, and to anybody else who loves Chromebooks. Uh, I think if you're writing and just doing a lot of web work, like that's, it's yeah, perfect. that's all I do. Yeah. That's why. But like the minute you want to deal with like media, it's like oh, I got to edit some photos. Uh, oh, oh, can't. That's can't why do I have that. this PC that I'm yeah. coming to you from. I don't even podcast from the Chromebook because right, right. I'm afraid it can't really do it. Uh huh. And I mean, it's just kind of that, like, it's a weird, it's a weird mismatch, I think, of the purpose of the OS and the use. And I reviewed the Pixel C and that thing was hot trash. That thing was so, (laughs) why the keyboard weighed one pound? Why? Why? And it felt terrible. It was all metal. For games. For games. Yeah. It was, it was a metal (laughs) keyboard. uh, So I guess they were going for premium, but it weighed one pound and the keys stunk. Um, and yeah, at that point, uh, what was that 2015, 2016, uh, Android was just not ready to be a pseudo desktop OS. Uh, I do think like a Chromebook, which actually they, they've just made it look a lot more like Android now. Cause you can also run the Android apps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a weird hybrid OS at this point. Um, it is and better Linux suited. apps, by yeah, the way. Linux apps. <laughs> it is better suited to being a desktop than pure Android ever was. But yeah, first of all, Google should not be making fun of any tablet platform yeah. uh, because they completely failed at understanding tablets. So that seemed like the for wrong many move. years. For many years, <laughs> many consistently. years, um, nearly a decade. 
Oh, man. Uh, so there's that. And I think the pricing of a machine like this, I, I I can understand the point and usefulness of Chromebooks, especially in schools and places where you need a bunch of machines that you maybe need to like image really quickly. Uh, you don't want kids to like break them up, uh, like destroy them you know, easily too. So in those respects, like, it seems good. Uh, a premium Chromebook has always seemed like a dumb, dumb, dumb idea to me. Like, hmm. I remember the Pixel book and everything. Like, um, what was the, was well, that the premium the, laptop? The, the Chromebook Pixel was the original one. Yeah. And my daughter yeah. had one that she used for several years. And it yeah. was great, but it's literally, it's the one I got at I.O. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, why yeah. would you so spend $1,000 on a Chromebook? Right. I still have, like, one of those machines laying around here somewhere. It was a nice piece of hardware, but completely pointless, like meaningless uh, in terms of the philosophy of what they were trying to do here. So I can see why Google's doing this. And I'm sure a lot of people, uh, this will serve the needs for a lot of people. But when you have like something like the Surface Go out there, which is 500 bucks with that keyboard yeah. and is a 10 inch device, runs, you know, does most of what people would need with with uh, Windows and can actually like I can edit photos in that. I can like be a productive you know media person while also editing photos once in a while. Uh, on a machine like that, something like this just seems pointless. If it were cheaper, I think it'd be much more compelling, like four hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, or something. I don't, I don't know where they're going with this price point, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on, I'm with you there. So I have my, I have two Chromebooks. I have one that is on loan from Google, which is the Pixel Book, and that's mm-hmm. the one that I've been doing a lot of like, uh, you know, how to work on, and just kind of like I'm. I wanted to really learn the ecosystem in the full power that was available, which is the Intel chip. But I also have a Asus Chromebook uh, Flip, the C three hundred two, which is is also a great piece of hardware for you know for writing and general journalisming that I do. <laughs> but it's not capable of doing all the things that the Intel chip can do on the Pixelbook. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the full experience compared to all the work that I can do on a PC that's even cheaper than the Pixelbook, like less yeah. than the $750 price point that it has now, uh, it's, it, there's, of course, I'm going to choose the PC. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It just can do everything. Yeah, no compromise. Like, that's kind of it. I'm also wondering, like, uh, I did Computex this year, and this is the year everybody was like, hey, we're doing dual screen devices now, and they're coming in the next few years. So Asus showed that off. Acer showed that off, like, you know, two screens sandwiched together. They're the rumors of the Surface uh, Andromeda device, which is supposed to be like a little type, a folio type thing, too. Right. It seems like that's where we're headed. And I really hope Google's exploring something like that rather than, I don't know, trying to fit itself into this market that it, uh, at least Chrome OS doesn't seem to quite fit into. Developers like it. It's yeah. developers and writers. That's that's who it's for. Well, <laughs> it, it is. I, I get what Google's doing here, which is like we've got they're, they're sort of in a similar situation to Apple in the sense it's like we've got two operating systems and we're trying to figure out how they fit together. But it's super awkward right now. And, they, you know, they want to do something because the hardware in this area is interesting. But the, what they're going to give you is Chrome OS with some Android apps and some Linux apps. And that's just what they have to offer. Uh, it's it, it, yeah. it is. A little bit weird, and I agree. I think there's a lot of great arguments for um, Chromebooks, uh, but high-end, you know, premium Chromebooks, mm, I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not so sure about. Um, Don't you want to spend? How much is this keyboard? Isn't it close to two hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. More, more than keyboard. Apple's keyboard. More than Microsoft's keyboard. And then you have to keyboard. buy the pencil. Yeah. 
too, if you oh want the full God. stylus experience, which is $100. Yep. I, d- I do want the full stylus experience <laughs> on Chrome OS. That's I will say, Spirograph apps are very fun <laughs> with the Pixel Pen. Right. Very fun. Uh, let's talk about the Google Home Hub. This is a, a smart display powered by Google Assistant. So again, yes, the theme here is hardware enables Google's cloud services and their assistant to come to the fore. It is a 7-inch touchscreen. Um, it looks a little bit... I, I keep thinking it looks like an iPad that's on a stand, um, but it is a little bit smaller than an iPad. It's like an iPad mini on a stand. Uh, it's got uh, mm-hmm. sort of a true tone-like thing where it's doing the ambient HQ to kind of match your, your, the, the color temperature of your house, which is really nice. It's got a physical mute switch like a lot of the uh, Amazon Echoes do to kill microphones, and it has no camera as opposed to so many of the other devices, including the new Facebook thing that was also announced this week, where you can put a camera in your house and wire it straight up to Facebook. Um, it's running the same OS as the Lenovo Smart Display. It's got YouTube, not just YouTube in a web browser like Amazon is doing, and a whole bunch of other Google services, all for $149, which is actually a pretty interesting price. So really good price. Is there yeah. A, yeah, is there a place for this? What what's what are you thinking of uh, of the Pixel Slate? Everyone's going to buy this. Don't you think? Like this seems like at $150, it's what $20 more than the Google Home, which which hasn't I guess the price hasn't moved there. Uh but seems so useful. And like I I think a lot of people are we want to spread out these virtual assistants around our homes and something like this perfect for the kitchen perfect for maybe like your little office or den or something where you just want to pull up a youtube video or some recipes or something uh i just wrote up a thing in gadget about like google's uh smart home ecosystem and how it's like really just taking shape right now i think this is kind of a good piece of that right because it's powered by the assistant uh it ties into all the other google services you're probably relying on like photos it's probably the first truly useful digital photo frame too um you have something like that like the, the price for this thing astounds me yeah, this the, is one good move the yeah. amazon echo show is 220 by the way the new yeah, echo yeah. show and I, I will also point out as somebody who has the original echo show that um having no background <laughs> making devices of this kind mm-hmm. like in in your ecosystem like it really shows on the echo show it doesn't yep. it uses the screen sometimes but it kind of doesn't know what to do with it and i feel like uh google is much more likely to actually have things to put on that screen <laughs> If that makes it does. sense. Yeah. It does. It's the same Chromecast screensaver. So I have a Lenovo smart display uh, right in front of me. Um, it's, it's, it's a great device. I use it. I switch it between the kitchen and my office, depending on what's going on, where the chores and the tasks are being done, um, where you, you know, want to be entertained. And right now I've been looking at a slideshow of, uh, of just art from around the world. And it's just kind of a great little, I think the other thing that's going to really sell people on this is all of the the little touches that Google Photos can do because Google kept saying during the presentation how this is like the best photo frame that you'll ever have, which I think was kind of the reason. I, I think part of the reason not having the camera in it was to kind of dissuade people's fears about oh, privacy. And I think the other part was to be able to say like, this is a vessel for Google Photos and we're going to show you how great Google Photos is by introducing more machine learning uh, features, none of which remove fences from photos yet. But you know, it's okay. It's only been like two, two or three years since we talked about one that. One day, one day, that chain link fence is just going to disappear, and you're not going to even one know day, that it was ever there. <laughs> yeah, it'll just like appear in the assistant. Oh, look, we did this for you. Uh, I, I still have that album waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I really, 
I really think this is just another part of Google saying, like, we can be the family computer. We can be the family platform. Like, we're family friendly. Like, hey, we connect everybody together. And just the idea of having, like, a photo album that constantly updates with the with pictures of people you love. Like, it's just... It's nice. It's it's nice and good feeling, and I get why this is a really compelling product for that reason. Especially at 150 bucks, it's not that much. And the screen in thing, comparison. I will say, as much as I uh, think Amazon has not used the screen on the Echo Show very well, the fact is, I don't think I would go back to just a canister in my kitchen because it is nice to be able to mm-hmm. see the timer counting down and not have to ask or a watch faceless live TV. blob. Or right. yeah, yeah, of course, Amazon uh, now has added their browser in so that you can actually get to anything on the internet, which it didn't used to do, and that was really annoying. So uh, yeah, I mean, I. I I see value in in having something with this. And then it comes down to what ecosystem you want to be a part of, right? Like if you're in the Google ecosystem, having a Google Home with a display is more useful than having a Google Home that doesn't have one. I, I I think it falls for me. Also, uh, it is it is called a hub, which is a really hot buzzword in yes. the world of IoT. And um, a hub typically refers to a device that has like Zigbee and Z-Wave inside, which are the protocols, uh, some of the wireless protocols used in the smart home. I don't think this has any of that. I looked through the specs. I didn't see any of that. However, I noticed Google is selling bundles with uh, some GE smart bulbs, and apparently... You're going to be able to instantly or quickly pair it the way that you would pair a Philips mm-hmm. Hue bulb with a Echo Plus. So I think it's just it's just another like individual saying it's just another way of Google expanding that ecosystem mm-hmm. and just saying like we can be the house controller and we'll make it super easy for you. Yeah, yeah, and the key like this is all essential right now, right? Like we we've heard about the smart home for so long. Never really took off because uh, there were those weird protocols like Zigbee and mm-hmm. Z-Wave and everything that just never, nothing really operate like interoperated very well together. Uh, but now uh, I-, I think the key was, you know, these vo- voice controlled assistants and devices like the Echo. Amazon really started it. And I think they kicked off the smart home market in a big way. Uh, I didn't really use Hue bulbs until I got an Echo and, you know, can now just shout and turn on all the lights in my living room or something. Uh, and Google is, I think, playing catch up, but they're at least doing a good job of it and doing things more that tie into their AI smarts and everything. I think the really interesting thing here, too, is that Apple is just like, they have no idea what they're doing. They're like on a paddleboard in the shadow end, just like, you know, spinning circles right now because they are they keep occasionally talking about smart home and the home app and everything, but there are no partnerships. There's no real integration. Siri is still not super useful in the home. Uh, so yeah, I, I have no clue what Apple's doing here because they're going to miss out on this entire market at this point. Yeah, I will say as somebody who's got Apple stuff that the Apple stuff is better integrated than it's ever been. I feel like the mm-hmm. home app is no longer and home kit is no longer a joke, which it was the for the home first app is beautiful, two by years. The way. It was it was really bad. <laughs> and and they're doing stuff in the background where, you know, an iPad or an Apple TV now runs as a hub so that you can run your schedules and things like that. I feel like they're doing the pieces. But the question is, does it all add up yet? And the HomePod has it also is actually way better than when it launched. They've improved that, mm-hmm. too. But it, mm-hmm. You know, it it is interesting that that it just hasn't come together for them. Uh, I guess that's the paddleboard, and they're they're looking to see if they if, you know maybe a surfboard will slide on by at some point. I, I don't know where this metaphor goes from there, but like they're poised, they've got stuff, yeah. but it just hasn't Amazon hasn't come surfing, together. Uh, Google is bodyboarding. 
uh apple is paddleboarding paddleboarding i think there we go that's yeah. fair yeah that's fair i like paddleboarding the most though mm-hmm. <laughs> they have like it's really hard those, those like little <laughs> kicks like they're making lots of kicks big splashes but not really moving very much oh this metaphor is working it's yeah going. all right it is thank goodness we we got that we got that to work um i, I want to talk a little bit more about a different google story but before we do that i want to take a break and tell you about the story you might have missed something we like to find out there that may have flown under your radar but we think it's worth mentioning and although google did dominate the head headlines this week everybody here it is it's the moment we've all been waiting for magic leap is shipping their headsets the magic uh, yes. leap one creator edition which cost two thousand two hundred and ninety five dollars as previously announced this week magic leap unveiled more content for its glasses including a mixed reality musical based on the victor hugo novel the man who, who laughs of course of course uh magic leap uh, you know the creator edition is really designed for those who want to develop content or games for the device we don't expect to see huge numbers of these things out there but i just i wanted to take a moment and say guess what everybody magic leap is shipping something real Hasn't it been shipping for weeks though? People have been getting uh, units for a while now. Well, they're they're officially shipping now. Yeah, I, 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 who weird. knows? They're super weird. They're, they're a super weird. But company. We, like um, we can't say they're vaporware we, anymore, right? Because they're not a, vaporware. Yes, that's all we that, can say. Um, I, <laughs> they're on I the shore. Really they're on the shore. They're there. Um, I was really annoyed because I we didn't get to participate in their little like pre briefing thing, but I saw a demo. Uh, in New York of the Seeger Ross experience. And it's, uh, it's very nice. It works. Um, I, the whole needing, uh, I, I need to wear glasses to see properly and glasses don't fit at all. Like that's yeah. the biggest downside of this whole thing right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have to put on contact lenses so that I can put on yep. glasses. It's not the yep. best. Um, so our other Google topic to talk about is uh, a little bit weirder. It's um, a couple things happened. So the Wall Street Journal reported that the Google Plus social network, remember that, uh, exposed the personal data of up to half a million users. Google found it as part of an internal review where they were looking at third-party developer access to Google and Android data, which is smart to figure out if there are any holes, because that has been the source of a lot of holes from a lot of different companies. So they found this vulnerability in Google Plus and they in March and they fixed it, but they never told anybody. And that's a little troubling, although Google what mm-hmm. Google says is it doesn't it didn't pass our criteria for disclosure because we didn't think it affected it, it actually affected people. It was it was a hole that wasn't wasn't uh, exploited. Um, but according to the Wall Street Journal's report, uh, the the conversation at Google specifically mentions how they didn't it was not a good time to uh, welcome scrutiny from regulators and uh, politicians who already sort of sense blood in the water given uh, issues with companies like Facebook. Uh, so as a part of this disclosure and everything, Google just announced that Google Plus was going to get shut down. Or as they said, <laughs> sunset it. They're going to sunset it, which means that it's dead. That's a very kind uh, California word for dead. Is it's, yeah. it's, 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 The sun sets in the west and then everybody has a nice time on the beach at sunset. And then the sun never, ever, ever, ever comes back, right? That's how that works. <laughs> it's oh. like when your dog goes to the farm upstate or something. It, it is. Oh. It, it the is farm. It's pining That's for the all. fjords. Uh, yeah, it's gone. Well, wow. Frodo, Frodo went into the west with the elves right it's that it's that it's sunset uh and uh google as uh, and i had to laugh at this as a part of this google pointed out well yeah but nobody uses google plus anymore they had to do that like 90 percent of all the google plus sessions last less than five seconds it's not relevant anymore so google plus i, I think there's two things here one is i find it a little disturbing that google had the conversation which is basically let's not tell anybody because uh 
it will invite scrutiny of us that we don't want. Mm -hmm. And two, I want to point out the lesson learned from Google+, Plus, which is you can be one of the biggest, most successful, most powerful tech companies in the world and find an area that you're not in and decide you're going to devote yourself to going into that area and flop. <laughs> and that, that you, just because you've got power in one area does not make you invincible everywhere else. And I think that, that we've seen it time and again in the tech industry. But here is another example where Google was really focused on Google Plus for a long time. And it just that's just it didn't work. Um, what do you think about the, the security thing? I, I, everybody else is troubled as I am by the fact that Google like took uh, the vibe into account when not disclosing <laughs> a major security hole. Uh, yeah, everything about this is super troubling. Um, no wonder they get rid of the "Don't be evil" motto because they're like, ah, oh, you know, sometimes we just gotta we gotta be a little evil. We can't just we can't be hypocrites, right? That would be wrong. Um, yeah, this is hilarious, and I think the most epic service shutdown announcement ever. Just like <laughs> this thing, this breach is so big, we're giving up on the service that uh, no, everybody forgot existed. I have a bit of a conspiracy theory, which um, <laughs> nobody right. really likes, mm. but I, but I'm just going to go ahead and spout it and continue to put it out there into the ether. Uh, I think that they, that's the reporter from the Wall Street Journal called Google, let them know they had this story. And then Google was like, you know what? I think it's time we just kill it. Let's yep. just kill it. There's no point. Can we fix uh, and this? Then, we can't. Then let's kill yeah, it. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's what happened. And I think that's why it was like such a sudden thing. And um, some people had remarked about the fact that Google didn't mention any of this during uh, the event this week. But I don't think that they would have... I don't think that they would have. I mean, it's a hardware event versus like Google yeah. Plus. I think uh, I think it's it was time for Google Plus to go. Uh, nobody. I mean, a couple of communities out there are going to be affected. Uh, I know for some some people use it for like the polling uh, feature yeah. that it offers and some of the other features it offers. But we don't want to say nobody uses it because even even any service like this, there are going to be little pockets yeah. where people use it. But on the whole. It, you know, nobody uses it. Like, given the scale of Google, it's basically not being used. So, I want to know why it was around. Like, I want to know what the fruits of this labor were. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I want to have disclosed to me. You know, yeah, my theory, my theory about Google Plus is that it tied, they, they made the effort of tying it into so many different parts of Google that they looked at the amount of effort that would be required to unravel it. And they're like, why are we even expending it? I, I've worked at places where they've, where we've had a tech thing that was really old and we realized it was more work to kill it than to just let it sit there and be right. be boring and almost dead and then right. the security issue comes up and you're like okay well now we have to kill it <laughs> yeah now we have a reason <laughs> but i also funny, i want to apologize to everybody for you saying that um that they sensed blood in the water earlier because i don't want to suggest that one of our home uh home tech surfers got killed by a shark <laughs> that's not what i meant wow Wow. It's dark. Wow. It's a little, bit, a little bit dark. Shark attacks have been up, too. Now they're using technology against sharks. Oh, man. Man, what about the Internet of Sharks? Anyway. What's interesting, too, I remember um, writing some Google Plus news maybe a couple years ago, and the PR would like you know come back at me and be like, oh, no, 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 people are t- still totally using Google Plus, mm-hmm. and uh, here are the engagement numbers, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, they were very defensive about how badly Google Plus was doing. So I think it is hilarious that... Uh, now that this big breach has happened, they're like, oh, nobody's using it. What? Doesn't matter. Carting out a statistic about how unpopular your service is as you kill it. That was that was kind of, for me, that's what makes this a Hall of Fame 
announcement, right? Because it's the it's a security flaw found but not disclosed because of the fear of blowback. But when you do announce it, you kill the service that it was attached to, and you bring internal stats out to justify why your thing is terrible and must die. Like, wow, that is what a collection of tech industry things all happening at once. It's amazing. They should have just they should have just gone full petty and just said, you know what? At least Google Plus didn't influence any elections. Yeah, Ooh. burn. There is that because that, that nobody been, was using it. Like the, the cherry on top. How about how, been like yeah? How about imagine if five hundred thousand Ping accounts had been hacked? <laughs> oh right, nobody used Ping. Right, they could do that if they really wanted to be jerks. Mm-hmm. But what was Ping? ping. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh wait, the, was that the Apple thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that was I Apple's about big that. music based social. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Not good. All right, it's um, not good. Before we go, usually at the end here, now that I've talked about uh, shark attacks, uh, uh, this is where we would make you feel happy with the fuzzy puppy up update but no it's october or as i like to call it taco tober again shout out to robbie baldwin who as who taught me that october is taco tober and it is always taco tober be- yes because of taco tober i have a taco crime update here we are dateline <laughs> san antonio texas three people were shot after a fight broke out in the line for a late night taco truck shots rang out outside the pegasus bar at 1 a.m apparently after one man got angry at another man for taking too long to decide what to order now the injuries are not life-threatening police are looking for the shooter uh, but the life lesson here is always know your order when you step up to the taco truck most definitely wow. okay that's what we're taking I away I was from to this feel better yep. Yep. Yeah. just, just know what you're dark. just otherwise let people go until you know what you order and then you step back in and you you order it's fine it's fine everybody will be cool with it item number two we're not done yet. We have one more item. Uh, this is a great story. An officer for the North Dakota Highway Patrol reported that a clerk at the KFC Taco Bell in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, refused to take his order because, quote, he was just there to harass him because they arrested him in the past. Now, the Highway Patrol says the officer had just transferred to the area, so it seems a little weird. And you think, like, maybe he's just confused or he just sees the uniform and not the officer. But I will point out that the clerk does have a lengthy criminal record, so it's possible. Anyway, the store's manager comes out, talks to the officer. That's a sign of a good manager, by the way. They're taking control of this super awkward, weird situation. Except while the manager is talking to the to the uh, to the officer and defusing the situation, the clerk goes in the back, gets on the phone, calls nine one one, and reports being harassed by a highway patrol officer. But then says, "No, no, no! Don't send anybody. They'll just harass me too." <sighs> anyway, the manager hey. the manager ended up serving the officer, and uh, a reporter for the Grand Forks Herald newspaper called the Devil's Lake Taco Bell half a dozen times to try and get a comment, but the phone just rang. Um, who knew taco news could be so interesting? Not me, but there it is. <laughs> that's, that's your taco update for this week. And there's a couple more weeks left in Taco-tober, so who knows what will happen next. But for I'm now, afraid of what could happen next. We're done with Download Flow. Where can people find all the stuff that you do? Uh, I've got a blog at florenceion.com, and uh, that's honestly the best place to, to visit me. <laughs> okay, florenceion.com. Devendra, where can people find your stuff? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Devendra, and I write about tech at engadget.com. And uh, Flo, you're you're on Twitter too. I like your Twitter. I am on Twitter at Oh That Flow. Oh That <laughs> Flow. And of course, t- Flo's got many podcasts as well, including one here on Relay that you can also check out. Um, Stephen Hackett, thank you for putting the show together. Except for the taco part, I did the taco part. You did a good job there. 
there. Yeah. Taco News doesn't stop, it turns out. I wasn't paying attention to it before, but now I know. Taco News never stops. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Uh, congratulations to Devendra and his wife on their impending childbirth. Good luck, Thank everybody. Uh, yes. What phone OS will the child grow up using? <laughs> we don't know. We'll have to check back. It'll it'll be some implant, probably by Google at this point. Probably, yeah. oh, you know, you can't. Yeah. Well, at least it's not Facebook. Anyway, <laughs> and that ends download for this week. We will be watching the headlines, so you don't have to about tech and tacos both. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. 